Hey everybody, it's Dave Frost. Just letting you know, we got a little mixed up in our recording for this first show. I mean, that's what's going to happen when it's a live show. So we're going to join the podcast about five minutes in here. Uh, enjoy. I have a problem with that because I really don't care about the Lakers and I don't care about the Celtics. Uh, strong opinions. Kirk, you got anything to say about that? Any retorts? I know you're not a big basketball fan, but oh, we just lost him, so maybe we'll get him back in a second. Um, well, you know, as far as that goes, you know, LeBron James, I, I really don't have anything against him. He's he's not, he's neither here nor there for me. I mean, until he actually wins a ring, you know, puts one on his finger and can show that he can get it done in the postseason, I have nothing to say. Um, you know, well, you got You also have to look at it like this, okay? His, not, his life is not supposed to stop since he's not playing in the NBA Finals. He still has to live. He still has to make himself marketable. He has a clothing line. He has shoes to sell. You know, he's putting himself out there for cities to put out the big money for the attraction, for the draw, to sell season tickets, to sell merchandise. So he's doing exactly what he should do as a player, as an individual, to make himself richer and his family. True, true. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. Um, I really have nothing really more to say about this. This is, this is one of the talking points. There's been a lot of discussion about it the past couple of days. That, oh, he's going to be taken away from the finals. Oh, he's going to be taken away from this. You know, I'm just going to get our opinions out of the every man. Oh. I mean, who's the one to blame for this in the first place? I mean, if he's taken if he's taken it away, you know, all the you know media from the finals. Well, then who do you have to blame on this one? You have to blame the media. If the media is dumb to play into it, and if they're the ones to put it on the TV and the radio that LeBron is doing this and LeBron is doing that, and they're not going to put their number one focus on the Lakers Celtics series, then that's the media's fault. Now, if the fans want to buy into it, that's one thing. But I see the biggest problem is Laker fans. They really hate LeBron James. They hate the fact that he's compared to as you know, the real MVP, and he's the best player in the NBA. All the Kobe fans out there hate hearing that. You hear the MVP chants every time he's up at the free throw line. Yeah. All I, all I got to say is LeBron James is the wannabe king of the NBA. But let me tell you something. It's not about how many championships you win because you can look at it, a guy like Jack Haley who's won five championships in the NBA. This guy barely played a game. And he's got five championships. That doesn't make him a great player. No, it doesn't, obviously, yeah. Uh, Amy, you can go down the list. There's a lot of players that are out there. And, you know, baseball, basketball, baseball, basketball, NBA, everything included like that. So uh, uh, oh, yeah. just, just have rings, you know, and, and you make a good point when it comes to that. But Oh, yeah, you mean you look at, I mean, uh, move it to football real quick. Dan Marino, there's a guy who's one yeah. of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, never won a Super Bowl ring. Dolphin, Should he yeah. not be called one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time because he didn't win a ring? That just wouldn't be fair. Right. Exactly. And just like uh, if, if Peyton Manning never won a ring, you can't say he's not one of the greatest of all time. He's probably going to go down as the greatest of all time. But, you know, getting back to the topic at hand, uh, I think we covered this pretty good. Uh, LeBron James, I mean, you either love him or you hate him, or I guess you just don't really care about it like I do. I mean, you're going to watch it or you're not. David Stern, you know, obviously wants his greatest two, his best two guys in the playoffs. And I, I don't know, I guess this is just a way to get everybody looking at the other one while one's playing and one isn't. <laughs> So. You know, hey, if I, you know, of course, me being from Chicago and being a Bulls fan, of course, with this free agency market starting July 1st, of course, I would love to have LeBron James yeah. in Chicago. Probably not going to happen. It's wishful thinking. But, hey, a boy can wish, can he? That's right. All right. Well, um, let's see if we can get Kirky back in here. We did lose him all of a sudden. We're going to try to get him back on real quick. Kirky, you back on? There we go. Oh, my gosh. We, we had some technical difficulties there. Hey, we're about to jump off the subject of the LeBron James interview. You have anything to add before we move on? You never can well, trust those Boost mobile phones, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's not Boost. <laughs> no, it's AT&T where you get drop calls every two seconds. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know. LeBron James is, you know, a really good player, and, you know, pretty much he can decide wherever he wants to go when his contract is up. 
But does he want to stay loyal to his Cavalier fans, or does he want to go somewhere else is the real question. Um, I don't know. I give it up to the man. I know he worked real hard. He was pretty much the heart and soul from what I saw I know in the playoffs of his team. But that's all I saw. <laughs> it's up to him what he would decide to do. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, like uh, getting back to the subject. I mean, are you gonna wa- I mean, are you gonna watch it tonight? The the average casual fan who doesn't watch basketball, are you gonna turn on the TV and watch Larry King tonight and watch him? Uh, you know, basically give vanilla answers and uh, to some vanilla questions about nothing, and it's just gonna really take away from everyone's time. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I'd be interested to see what Larry King is actually gonna talk about with him, and then see what how Le- LeBron acts, reacts. Excuse me. To everything that he's being. <laughs> Minnesota, go. <laughs> well, I like to look at it like this. There's only one thing I'm watching on TV tonight, and that's the Blackhawks versus the Flyers. Whoa. And let me tell you, the Flyers are in big trouble because Philly is only good for one thing, and that's cheesesteaks. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, as long as we got to that, let's get to the Stanley Cup. I mean, I'm going to stay right to it. We just lost Kirk again. I mean, he's, his, his connection's ridiculous. That's okay. He doesn't watch hockey anyway. Uh, well, let's get to the Stanley Cup. We'll hit on that real quick. Uh, you know, Flyers, Blackhawks. The Flyers, uh, you know, they kind of struggled in games one and two. Game one was a barn burner. You know, it's what, it was six goals in, in the first period was between the two teams. That was ridiculous. I mean, that's the most action I've seen in a hockey game in a long time, you know, probably since the Olympics, which was amazing in itself. So and they come back in game three. Um, you know, they get one, they needed it, they, they get it in overtime, they had to earn, scratch, claw their way for that win. How, how do you see this playing out, K-Tone? Is, is Philadelphia going to, you know, come back tonight and, and tie it up, or are they just going to choke and let the Blackhawks take it? What do you think? Well, you know, I was kind of surprised at game one. Uh, you know, it just, I didn't think that the two teams could score that many points. That, that both uh, sides of the ice, you have two great goalies. I think uh, offensively you have guys that really want it. They're playing fast, they're young. Uh, you know, that's why you saw a lot of scoring in game one. Of course, game two was a lot closer. Every game in the series has been back and forth, back and forth. It's a yo-yo. You're talking a number seven seed against a number two seed. You know, the Blackhawks haven't won a NHL uh, championship in 60 years. So the Blackhawks need to win this. They need to bring some kind of championship back to Chicago. We need it. We haven't had anything since the White Sox, you know, and of course, all our greatness came in the 90s with the Bulls. Chicago needs to win this series. Philadelphia's won it enough. You know, the only time I remember watching Philadelphia is with Eric Lindros back in the day. And you know what? I just don't see Philly pulling it out. You know, I think uh, Chicago's going to come back. Watch out for Big Buff tonight. He's going to be all over the ice. And don't forget about Citizen Kane. He will be scoring tonight. I guarantee you that. All right. So what's your prediction? Uh, Flyers in in seven? I'm taking Blackhawks in six, winning it at the United Center. It's going to be a party on Madison Avenue. (laughs) No, no, no surprise there coming from a Chicago homer. But and I'm okay. not being biased at all. <laughs> and we do have the best pizza, by the way, to yeah, all you hey, New York people true. out there. Yeah, New York pizza is pretty flat and nasty. You have to fold it just to get a bite out of it. I mean, so. <laughs> you got to go to Lou Malzati's, get <laughs> yeah. the dish, butter crust. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. That's good. Good hockey talk there. I mean, it's not going to happen very often on the show, but, you know, let's let's get it in while it's hot. Right. The puck uh, stops here. The puck stops here. Let's get on to another fledgling sport in America, uh, but not in the world. Obviously, the number one sport in the world in, in America, they could probably care less. The World Cup gets off, uh, gets off next week. I got my World Cup jersey. You got it on right now. And uh, uh, yeah, you know. Got to got to go for the USA, man. Any chance you get, doesn't matter what sport exciting. it is. USA is going to take on you know England in the first round. Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I don't I don't follow uh, soccer that much. Uh, obviously, maybe you have a little experience in the in the. The, the world of the communist kickballs, I like to call it, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on World Cup and uh, how it translates into uh, American society and uh, if anybody's going to watch it and who's going to win? What do you think? Well, I think uh, if you've been watching ESPN lately, they've been doing a really good job promoting the World Cup. Of course, having the U2 with Bono in the background. Bono, get well soon. I was supposed to see you live Sunday night at uh, Angel Stadium, but of course he broke his back. He had surgery, but back on to soccer. The World Cup, USA, you know, that's one of the greatest sports of all time if you think about it. When you were a kid, every kid around played soccer. You played AYSO or some kind of indoor soccer or something. And then when you get older, you kind of lose interest. It's one of those games that you only really like when you're playing it. It's not really fun to watch, kind of like hockey and baseball. Yes. Oh, I think we lost K-Tone. K-Tone, you there? 
And this is what happens when <laughs> this is what happens when you go live on the air. So um, real quick, we're gonna try to get Kate Tone back. Um, in the meantime, I'm just gonna give my opinions on the soccer real quick. I mean, I'm not a big soccer fan. It's never have been. You know, I played when I was little, like you were saying. You, you get into it when you're young. Uh, you just kind of lose interest after that because the real sports in the world, you know, the, the football, the baseball, the, the basketball, that's what, that's, that's what's on mainstream. That's what's, you know, presented to us. So we're going to be force-fed that, you know, we're going to be spoon-fed it. We kind of lose interest in the soccer. Um, my opinions real quick, I, I really don't know that much about it, so I'm not going to pretend like I do. Uh, USA, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm a countryman. Uh, you know, I hope that USA wins. At the same time, I'm probably not going to watch that many games. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, moving on real quick, uh, we're going to try to get K-Tone back, as well as Kirky, and I'm not exactly sure what happened with that. So, here we go. Time filler. This is the best radio ever. About to do because that's what happens when it's live. So, here we go. Looks like I got cut up. I got the same that's type right. of phone as uh, Kirk in the box over there. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> I don't know if it's a Metro PCS or a Boost Mobile. Either or, they both suck. <laughs> well, it's good to have you guys back. Well, uh, Kirky, before we lose you again, uh, we're on the subject of World Cup soccer. Uh, what, what are your opinions real quick on that? I know you played soccer in high school, um, so you got a little experience there. What do you, what, what's your whole take on the, the, the U.S. Uh, version of, of the soccer World Cup soccer team and uh, if we're going to watch it and, and just uh, overall opinions? What do you think? Oh, I'll be watching it. Um, you know, it's better for me. It's usually better to play it than it is to uh, watch it. But I'm actually pretty excited about this year. It looks like it's gonna have a lot of good uh, things going on over here. Um, I'm actually rooting for US as as well. Uh, last time we appeared, we made it up to the final 16, but didn't make it past that. But um, I don't know. I'm excited to actually watch it. I'm probably gonna go visit a friend of mine who actually roots for Brazil and stuff like that in Mexico. So we'll see what happens. You, you know, Brazil is good for two things, soccer and girls with big butts. <laughs> oh, hey, no, I agree with that. Fantastic. Uh, Kevin, uh, before you got cut off, were you saying you, you had a favorite in this? Are you going to root for anybody? Or? Uh, where, where was I left off at? I, I don't, I, you kind of cut off there. I, I don't really know where I lost you. <laughs> well, you know, I was saying that if you're watching ESPN, they're doing a good job in marketing the World Cup. Of course, it's in South Africa. I heard the ticket sales are the lowest they've ever been. Uh, you know, they oh, have wow. a good promotional package on ESPN uh, promoting it. I think uh, USA fans will get drawn into it just because of the idea of, hey, it's USA. We're taking on the world. But uh, the problem is we're playing England, and, uh, you know, England's picked to go all the way against Spain, uh, according to Sports Illustrated, who is wrong all the time. And uh, I just feel like, uh, you know, USA is a good team. They have a lot of older players. They have a lot of young players. But it's exciting. You know, it's, it's fun to root for your country, you know, no matter what country you're from. And, you know, whether you like soccer or not, you got you to gotta support your uh, country. And uh, just hope that our guys do good. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, good luck to the boys out there. You know, uh, the only guy I really know is Landon Donovan, and he plays pretty hard for uh, for the Galaxy. So uh, he's definitely on the team, and we'll see what happens there. All right, let's uh, let's move on from World Cup because we're kind of bringing down the uh, the mood of the show here. <laughs> let's get on to uh, uh, one of the more controversial uh, things that happened this weekend. It just happened a couple days ago. Uh, the unperfect game by one uh, I forget the kid's first name, but Galarraga from the Tigers. I mean. This, this has to go down in history as one of the, the greatest blunders, I think, of all time. Uh, for those who don't know the situation, and if you don't, you're living under a rock, I guess. But there was a perfect game that was in progress. He was on the 27th out. Uh, it was a ground ball to the first baseman who took a, a step just a little bit to the right and had to throw it back to the pitcher who was covering first. Uh, on, on the replay, uh, live everything you know you could obviously see that he he beat him to the base and he got the out but the umpire called him safe uh there was a big uproar afterwards after the after the umpire who made the call saw the replay he he uh, was in tears he apologized for for uh, ruining the kids perfect game and i mean that's where we stand now and, and the media went and had a field day with it and saying now we need instant replay but Selig needs to overturn this. Uh, just a lot of controversy going on in, in, in a sport that doesn't really need a lot of controversy right now. So uh, your, your thoughts and opinion, uh, we'll start with K-Tone. You go first. Well, you know, one of the great masterminds in, uh, in the world of sports entertainment once said, controversy creates cash. 
Okay, and what this does is it draws attention from the casual baseball fan to look at this tragedy and say, wow, I can't believe this happened. So it's actually probably good for Major League Baseball that it happened. It's bad for Galarraga. It's bad for the umpire. It's bad for the record books. But the bottom line is this. He did get screwed. You know, you'd figure they're at home. You know, that whole deal, the tie goes a runner. He was obviously it wasn't even close to being a tie, in my opinion. Yeah. And you'd think that they'd give him the upper hand knowing that he only has one more out to get the perfect game, you'd think the ump would give him a little break regardless. I mean, if the guy was safe and he called him out, I would have been happier and give the guy the perfect game. Yeah, you know, and, and I don't think we'd be talking about it today. No. You know, so it would have been okay if the guy was safe and he called him out and the guy gets the perfect game rather than the other way around, you know, because it is a tragedy. No. You know, Galarraga is a guy who's never, you know, he's a nobody. He's owned like not even 0.2% by <laughs> fantasy baseball owners. Nobody no, really knows who he is. They know who he is now, uh, you know. But the bottom line is, as long as the fans think he pitched a perfect game, as long as he thinks he pitched a perfect game in the team, uh, he'll be in uh, the Hall of Fame. Not as a Hall of Famer, but he'll have that ball probably in the Hall of Fame some way. You know, they have their own wing for perfect games in the uh, Cooperstown yes. Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm sure they'll put that ball there with a little asterisk right there. You know, but uh, it's very, very, uh, very much respect for that umpire to come up to him, apologize to him after the game. And of course, uh, the next day when he was behind the plate, and they, you know, they awarded him that Corvette. You know, it was pretty classy. The best way to, you know, go about it. I think Bud Selig over time may put him in there as a uh, perfect game with the Astros there. But uh, other than that, you know, there's not much you can do, man. People make errors. There are a lot of errors. If you look at all the games in every sport and all the errors that referees or umpires have made, or any type of official, I mean, you can't change history. It is what it is. Absolutely, uh, Kirk. You got any opinions on it? Uh, well, in general, I feel bad for the guy. The guy worked his tail off, you know. Uh, they come every once in a blue moon. Ironically, the blue moon being, you know, X amount of years. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, I mean, the only thing I've done is read up on it, and they're already marking it as actually one of the top ten rated uh, worst calls in history. Yeah. No, I mean, so. Uh, you know, the umpire, uh, Excuse me, Jim Joyce, I believe it is. He's been in the you know the game for 30 years, um, so I mean this isn't yeah. something that's that's just like a rookie mistake uh, that that an, that an umpire on the job you know five, 10, 15 years of me. This is an umpire that's been in the game, you know when the greats were pitching like Nolan Ryan and you know all of them. So I mean he's he he knows the situation. I think that's one of the reasons he he kind of broke down in tears there and. and Really. The, the sad part is, if you look at the replay, the ump was actually looking like he was about to throw the out punch, the and then it goes right there. into the safe. Yeah, it, it does. You know, I think he saw sense. that ball blunder, that snow cone, and he thought that he didn't have control of the ball, and he just didn't have enough time to think about it and react, so he just <laughs> called the guy safe. Yeah, exactly. And I think after he made the call, he knew he was wrong, but he he couldn't reverse it at that point. No, now, as far as the, the replay, I don't mean to just keep on talking, but they were talking about replaying baseball, how that would slow down the game. Yeah. Well, I was watching ESPN, and Harold Reynolds had a good uh, point. He said if you put a, a official up in the upper booth, like an, another ump, who's watching the replays, and if all the umps are wired like a little ear mic, and then they can say, hey, reverse that call if they watch a replay really fast. You know, they already replay home runs. They already replay home runs off of the foul pole. You know, a couple of things like that. So, I mean, I don't know why they couldn't do something like that as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, it seems like a no-brainer situation at this point. If they have replay for home runs, you know, why can't we have replay for, for close calls like that? It's just like in the NBA. You know, you're not going to replay every basket, but on right. really close ones, you got to have it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and if you have somebody in the booth, like I said, who's watching the replay really fast, who can, you know, within 30 seconds, you know, or before the, the next pitch is thrown out, say, hey, you know, reverse that call. You know, that's yeah. going up to the booth real quick for I mean, a review. It, you it know? just comes down to Bud Selig's an old man with his old ways, and he's, he's setting them, and, and nothing is ever going to change until that guy gets out of office, and it's, I have no idea when it's going to happen. This is, this I is bet you if Roger Goodell was uh, the commissioner of Major League <laughs> Baseball. <laughs> I mean, everybody would be fired by now. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, instead of Mark McGuire being the being the uh, hitting coach for the for the Cardinals, he'd be in jail somewhere right now for some reason. Yeah. Roger Goodell uh -huh. find a way. <laughs> so that's just how that works. All right, let's. Uh, I think we've we've touched on this enough. Let's let's move on to the. Uh, uh, well, we're on baseball, so let's 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 talk about Griffey real quick. And uh, I posted a little blurb about this on my Facebook page. Um, by the way, you can go to 
uh, facebook.com slash elucas4, that is my Facebook, uh, Ktone TV, I'm sure he has a Facebook he has out there, and uh, Kirk in the Box, uh, you have a uh, Facebook too, you can find those all on our page, we'll post those later. But uh, I talked about how Griffey, you know, was one of the most iconic sports figures of the 90s, maybe even early 2000s, but definitely the 90s. Came in on the scene in 94, or is it 92 if I remember right? You're talking uh, about Grant Griffey Jr.? Grant Griffey Jr., yeah. 90, he was a rookie in 89. 89, okay, so 89. He got drafted. He was the first pick in 1987 of the Seattle Mariners. Big Thank you for that Wikipedia update. Um, so, <laughs> that's not Wikipedia, buddy. That's uh, called being <laughs> almost 32 years old and I was around when K- this all happened. K-Tonepedia. <laughs> K-Tonepedia. All right. Uh, so, I mean, when I was in second grade, I mean, that's when I was playing Little League Baseball. I think me and Kirky were both about 92. That's when we were about playing. And he was, he was it. I mean, he was the guy that you looked up to and strived to be. Uh, you know, he had his own video game. I, I had his video game for Nintendo, Super Nintendo. I almost said Nintendo 64, but Super Nintendo. And, uh, I, I, you know, you watched his, his weekly show on, I think it was Fox back then. He even had that... that uh, <laughs> That rap he did with some, you know, fly-by-night rapper. I mean, he was he was the it man back then, and he was what we all strived to. And now he's he's retired. Uh, among some controversy, I saw the uh, the report come out yesterday. I think it was that, you know, he was benched. Um, then he was sleeping in the clubhouse, and so that's why he kind of retired. He wanted to get away from everything. He so, uh, it, just your thoughts on the situation on uh, King Griffey Jr. and his illustrious career uh, and his retirement. Go. I don't. I don't. Know. Is Kirk the box there? We got to wind up with the Kirk in the box. No, nope, he's. You know, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear my name being called. My bad. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's you know, it's probably about his time to go ahead and retire. I mean, he's been in the league for you know x amount of years. You know, you guys put up good numbers, good stats. You know, <clears throat> I don't know else what to say. You know, it's kind of a bummer. You know that he's yeah. finally retired, but you know, hopefully he'll come back as maybe a manager, coach. You know, yeah, the sky's the limit for the guy. Good. Okay, Tom, you want to talk about the impact he had on you? Well, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., man, uh, he's the one that put upper deck trading cards on the map for uh, upper deck. Yes, you know, his rookie card, that 89, that close-up of him and that old-school Mariner hat with the bat, everyone yeah. had that card. That was like the hottest <laughs> card in 89, 90. Uh, you know, that was like the rookie that everybody had to have. Uh I mean, everybody knew him for his sweet stroke. I mean, here's a guy who had one of the greatest swings of any player. Natural yeah. swing, man. No one swung the bat like Ken Griffey Jr. Um, stand-up guy. I know there's a lot of people out there that actually don't like Ken Griffey Jr. because they said he didn't sign autographs and he didn't I take saw, pictures. I saw your, I because saw for years, for years, he was under contract with Upper Deck and he wasn't allowed to. You know, he had a contract with them to sign all of their stuff. Uh, same deal that Michael Jordan had and the same deal that uh, Wayne Gretzky had. All those guys were contracted through Upper Deck for so many years. And I tell people, hey, look, they're not obligated, even though they're athletes and celebrities or whatever, they're not obligated to take every picture. They're not obligated to sign an autograph. You know, give the guy a break, you know. Um, Hilly will go down as one of the greatest players of all time. His stats don't lie. I mean, come on, 630 home runs. I mean, that's huge. You know, and his dad, of course. What people don't know about Ken Griffey Jr. is, and it's a fun stat, I actually read in an article one time, Oh. That he actually tried to commit suicide when he was 18 I years was old. I was just about to bring up that. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. You know, and I think it was like uh, he took like something like over 200 aspirin pills or Tylenol aspirin, or something yeah. like that. Yes. And uh, because he was upset at his dad, you know, here's a guy who had a lot of problems, kind of quiet, you know. But, you know, he got his life worked out and became one of the greatest players of all time. Fun to watch. He ended up on my White Sox team, and I kind of dug that. I thought that was cool, even though that was at the back end of his career. Yeah. But, you know, King Griffey Jr. has been one that I've always respected. I always like to watch, you know. And it's sad that his, uh, he had to leave on a note where it wasn't really on his terms. He kind of had to, like, give it up because he just couldn't produce anymore, you know. I mean, it just wasn't the same King Griffey. He was, you know, I think age finally caught up to him and he knew it was time to, you know, step away and walk away. Finishes with a 284 average, 630 home runs, um, and 2,781 hits, 1,836 RBIs. So obviously one of the greats of all time. He's definitely oh, yeah. the first and, Hall and, of Famer. Nobody, nobody's going to question that. Uh, and here's know, another crazy thing. He was he was like the first Major League Baseball player to have his own shoe. You know, Jordan yeah, was like true. the first big one from Nike to have a shoe, and then he was like the first baseball player from Nike to have a shoe. I think my favorite you know? memory of him was the uh, the Hit It Hit It Here campaign. I still remember that, the Nike one. You know, 
hey, Grippy, hit it here. And the guy's all holding up targets, and he's hitting them, you know, out of the park, down the street, and into other cities. It's just a <laughs> surreal moment to watch a, <laughs> an old video. Yeah, like that. I mean, it's not going to be the last again, Griffey Jr. I'm sure he's going to end up hitting himself a, a hitting coach uh, position in some team, probably even the Mariners, or he'll be do, doing something with the Mariners organization. Uh, it's not the last of him. It's the last of him as a player, but not as a uh, as a coach. I think you'll see him coaching. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's move on. The uh, last Main Street sports topic we have today, uh, something that happened last week, so it's a little late, but we haven't been on the air in a while. So we'll talk about it. Uh, New Jersey, uh, or I guess New York, really, gets the 2014 Super Bowl. It's going to be, you know, one of the – not, I won't say the first Super Bowl, but uh, a su- the first Super Bowl in a long, long time to uh, not be played in a warm weather climate. Uh, <laughs> I love my personally. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Packers fan, so I love outdoor games. I mean, I think that's the way it should be played out in there in the snow and, and, you know, men versus men and putting everything you can into it and weather be damned. So I love this, um, you know, but a lot of people don't and they have their opinion and we'll see what you guys say. Okay, Tom. Well, of course, you know, I'm a Bears fan, and I hate you Fudge Packer fans. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the bottom line is, heck, you know, every year it can't go to the fair-weathered uh, markets. You know, Miami gets a Super Bowl so many times, you know, it's it's disgusting. You know, put it in a cold yeah. area. You know, put it in New York. That's a huge market. I mean, they're getting a, a new stadium. It's going to be state-of-the-art. Put it there. I mean, that's I mean, that's one of the biggest markets there is. Giants fans are crazy. Jets fans are crazy. You know, it's a, it's a good – you know, a good way for them to actually go to this game, you know, whereas before it's hard for so many people to travel to Miami, you know, I mean, why should it be in Miami almost every year? You know, that's what it seems like it is, you know, and uh, I don't have a problem with it being in the cold. That's how football is supposed to be played. You know, our teams, me and you, our teams have to play in the cold about half the season every single year. That's should that be a disadvantage to our teams, to the teams that play in the warm weather, you know, all the time, you know, it's just one of those things. And I I think it's going to be good for football. And I don't like the Jets, and I don't like the Giants, but, heck, I'm all for the Super Bowl being in New Jersey. Kirk, you have a team that plays in mostly uh, warm weather all year, and then it kind of gets foggy, and they can't see what they're doing. So I guess that's really what you attribute their recent failures to. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, of course, is what I'm talking about. Uh, do you well, have any opinions? bringing that up. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, do you have any opinions on the Super Bowl and playing in the cold weather? Um. Yeah, I do. I think it's pretty cool of the fact that they're going to move to New Jersey. I agree with K-Tone and the fact that it's always in Miami. Always. You know, it's the very, the very big rarity that it's somewhere else. And Miami, the fact that um, right. it is a bigger challenge, you know, the great ice bowl, as you know, Eric, uh, yeah. or Dave Ross, I should say, um, you know, was a big uh, battle of, you know, how well could you endure during a cold temperature? And I believe it's going to be another one. You know, New Jersey says that around the time of February, it rates from either 40 degrees to 24 degrees. So I think it is going to be a great challenge for each team, even if it's a warm weather team, whether it being the Niners, you know, Arizona, you know, thinking out of every type of warm state, even the Cowboys. They're all going to have trouble when they go there, and they're going to have to learn to deal with it. Yet the advantage for the other teams, like the Packers, the Bears, um, you know, all the all the cold teams like that, you know, can learn to deal with it, and they already know how to deal with it, so they're going to have a better advantage. So I think it'd probably be, make it a better game if there were two warm teams, you know. But we'll see what happens through the season. Just depends. I mean, wasn't it? You know what? You know what's funny about this? You know, my Bears were in the Super Bowl in 2006. We played the Colts, okay, and it ended up raining in the second half. Now yeah. that was supposed to be in a you know, in a warm environment. That, there was nothing warm about that, all, that, you know, let's, and, let's, and of course yeah. my team and, you know, the Colts, you know, play indoors. My team should have uh, had the advantage, but obviously we didn't. So, I mean, uh, you, you know, you know you guys, I guess I'll just sit on the 85 Super Bowl you champion. Guys Bears. A, you guys had a defense and you had a guy, uh, you know, called Rex Grossman running your team. So no, I'm not going to blame him <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Who? Who? Oh, I don't know. Who? Rex, Rex, sexy Rexy, man. Sexy Rexy. He was, uh, I know he was your favorite. You have a jersey and everything, right? Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only number eight Bears jersey I ever purchased in my life was Cade McNown out of UCLA. And that that one was burned 10 years ago. Oh, Cade McNown. I want to send a shout-out to somebody who's listening right now. His name's Dodger John. He's listening, and uh, he just sent me a text. He's the biggest Dodger fan in the world, big-time Laker fan. He's a Kings fan. Thanks for listening, buddy. And uh, you know I hate your Lakers, but uh, I'm all for your Dodger blue, buddy. You know, and uh, he's also the vice president of the Dodgers Booster Club. So uh, thanks for listening, bud. 
Nice little shout out there. I'll give him again. All right, moving on uh, real quick before we, we, we skip over to some other areas of, of the news. Uh, real quick, predictions uh, for, uh, well, it's not too early to give an NFL prediction. What, what do you see coming out? Uh, we haven't seen any training camps, obviously, just some OTAs. Uh, this is kind of off the cuff. But just looking at the field right now and the, the draft and free agency and how it's turned out so far, what, who do you think, uh, let's see, who do you, who do you think uh, Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl 2000, 11, uh, K-Tone, who, who are your two entrants right now? Bears, 16-0, all the way to 19-0. Bears win the Super Bowl of Cutler and Peppers. No, I'm uh, kidding. If I had to take, you know, you know who's looking really good on paper is the Jets, man. You know, yeah, uh, God, they did so good last year with Mark Sanchez, first, uh, you know, first-year quarterback. Uh, the team has had a great offseason picking up huge components. Um, I think the Jets are going to be there in the AFC championship game, you know, and I think they'll make it to the Super Bowl. As far as the NFC, obviously, you got to look at teams like Dallas. You have to look at teams like uh, Minnesota if Favre comes back. And, of course, you, oh, you can never count out Green Bay or Chicago. And, uh, you know, but uh, as much as I'd like to see it, I'd like to see the Bears Jets in the Super Bowl. But, you know, once again, wishful thanking from the KTONE. All right, Kirgi. Um, I'd actually like to see um, the Jets go. You know, I'm me being a big Niner fan. I'd love to see my Niners go, but um, I still think that we're in a big, a huge rebuilding process. We're actually starting to look better. I'm loving the new coach. You're getting close. He actually puts yeah. his foot down with everything. What's up? I said you're getting close. Quarterback away, I think. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we're getting pretty close. You know, it's a big, decisive thing. You know, we got some new offensive weapons. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see what happens, but um, the other thing is, too, I'm wondering what's going to happen with the Vikings. The Vikings have been told, you know, Brett Favre is going to go, he's going to stay, he's going to go, he's going to stay, is he going to retire? You know, it's always the big controversy for Favre every single season, you know. Brett Favre Um, is doing the same thing that LeBron James is doing. Exactly, yeah. Where do I want to stay? I want to go, I want to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not so much that. I mean, he's in the spotlight when he's not in the game anymore, you know. That's he did true. the same yeah. thing with, you know, Brett Favre, it's always the topic. Brett Favre this, Brett Favre that. You know, I've had enough of Brett Favre, man. Brett Favre ruined my life for many years, you know, and I cannot <laughs> wait till that guy can officially retire. <laughs> no, and I agree with you, too. You know, the man's put up pretty good stats, and he's done a lot of damage to other teams. But, you know, it's you can't keep flip-flopping like a fish going, okay, I'm going to play. Wait, maybe I won't. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. You know, everybody's tired and done with it and ready for him to just retire now instead of him looking as one of the super grades instead of just being, you know, a man who just can't make up his mind every single season. Right. Uh, we do have some breaking news. Just, just, just read right now, literally just now. It's probably not breaking news for us. But uh, Peyton, you know, a couple things we were just talking about. NFL. Peyton Manning had neck surgery and said it was a success. Does this, uh, does this in any way uh, hinder – they say it was a success, but does this in any way hinder his, uh, his chances for the season, you think, Kato? I don't think so. I don't think when it comes to Peyton Manning, here's a guy who scans the field and calls his own plays and makes audibles constantly. Last time I checked, the neck doesn't make completions. The arm does. You know, and his eyes are the ones that are going to be looking down the field. I think he'll be completely fine. If you look at uh, Peyton Manning, he's got a long neck, and he always keeps it perfectly straight. I think his neck will be fine. He does have a horse-like neck. It's kind of strange. I don't know. It's weird. All right. Well, that was the breaking news call. But let's get, uh, let's get back into the subjects here. Moving on from mainstream sports is probably where we'll lose all our listeners, all two of them. But uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about wrestling now, some uh, WWE. Um, there's a lot of the stuff that went on this week in WWE. Obviously, NXT uh, stole the headlines from Raw, even though <coughs> Raw was pretty good. Uh, NXT winner was a uh, rookie, uh, Wade Barrett. Um, for those who don't know, he's a uh, pretty heel-like. I-, I think that's where he's he's going to go with his persona, heel-like. Uh, and he's got. He, he talks really well. Performs very well in the ring. And obviously, he was the. I'm Wade Barrett. I'm Wade, Wade Barrett. <laughs> so I, I think he was a pretty good choice for the win. Uh, where does he go from here? And do you see a? Obviously, he does have a championship match. Uh, where do you think they're going to write him in as far as uh, uh, championships go and uh, his his character goes, Kevin Katon go. Well, you know, uh, Wade Barrett. Here's my theory on Wade Barrett. I don't think he's the you know the actual 
you know, the top guy. Obviously, Daniel Bryan's the top guy in that mix. That's why he branched off and is doing his own uh, little angle right now with the Michael Cole thing. Right. Uh, Wade Barrett. I mean, obviously, in this competition, you didn't want to pick the obvious winner. Uh, they wanted to pick somebody that they needed to put over. So they had to have Wade Barrett win this competition so they could put him over and uh, build some kind of uh, uh, repertoire for him so he's not just like another Mike Knox or a – you know, one of those other stiffs like a Tomco or something, you know, big guy like that. Right. You know, uh, Wade Barrett can talk. You know, he's got a, you know, got a very unique look. I think Justin Gabriel, he will be on one of the brands. Uh, great wrestler. I was reading some today that uh, he'll probably be in some kind of a form of tag team, possibly even with Mal Hardy, you know, to possibly <clears throat> break in that way. But uh, I see Daniel Bryan being the true star of this uh, NXT. I think uh, they're going to do big things with him. And uh, I see Daniel Bryan being the top guy out of the whole class of the first season of NXT. Yeah, absolutely. I think he. Uh, I, I think he's. You know, I, I haven't followed him that much. I am a, a fan of his, though. I follow him on Facebook. You know, he puts up sometime before he joined WWE and NXT and all that. Uh, he, for those who don't know, he, this is uh, Brian Danielson, as uh, he's better known, I guess. Uh, he very great indie wrestler wrestled uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Japan, New Japan, um, all across the states, just doing everything. Uh, He's actually so, also wrestled all over Southern California. I've seen him wrestle many times for uh, many promotions here in Southern California. You know, he's a graduate from uh, Shawn Michaels Wrestling School. That's right. Uh, he's uh, probably the biggest name of any American wrestler right now in Japan. You know, he's very stiff, a uh, lot of kicks. A lot of uh, stiff wrestling from Daniel Bryan, Bryan, Dan Bryan Danielson, whatever you want to call him. But uh, if given the shot, I mean, heck, that shoot work promo yeah, that he that, did that shoot was amazing, a yeah. couple weeks ago, that was that was brilliant. Uh, and, and even better was uh, was the follow-up with him and Cole and Cole trying to slap him and <laughs> going ape, ape shit on him and then going over to uh, uh, The Miz and kind of clocking him with an elbow. I mean, it, 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 obviously it's all still scripted and everything, but, I mean, that's as pretty shoot as you're going to get in WWE. And I, li I like that they're... Uh, giving the fans something that they can uh, root for in that way. Uh, Daniel Bryan, yeah, he's, he's a little stiff, but, I mean, he's got he, – he, I don't know who he really reminds me of. He's kind of his own unique wrestler. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I love his persona. I, they obviously buried the guy. I don't know if that was a storyline thing. They wanted to do that, but they buried him in the first, you know, five, six weeks of the show, didn't let him cut a promo, made him – you know, into kind of this dork-looking geeky guy, and uh, we we kind of really saw him come out of a shell in the last uh, couple weeks. So it's going to be exciting yeah. to see what he does. Uh, and you know, the the, the uh, WWE machine, as he calls it, is uh, you know, it's all designed for him to be that way. You know, that was all planned. That whole idea, everything is done in WWE for a reason. It set up this whole angle for Michael Cole and him. Michael Cole dogged him from day one. You knew there was going to be an outcome. You knew there was going to be an ending to this. And, you know, they're doing a great job with it, and they're drawing a lot more interest, uh, especially from uh, the fans who are on the Internet, you know, the haters and all the marks out there. Hey, we have another fan listening, guys. We all have right, a girl yeah. listening right now, Ooh. and she's pretty hot. Yeah, Is this she? girl, Jill. She's Fantastic. listening, and she's from Irvine, California. Hey, Thank Jill. you for listening to Jill, you know, and uh, we hope you're enjoying the show. You're kind of on the wrestling uh, topics of the show right now. You missed out on all the great sports talk. <laughs> We appreciate you listening. Thank you, Jill, for listening, and thanks to all of our listeners who are uh, listening to this live Ustream broadcast. This, this broadcast <laughs> will be podcasted later, um, so you can listen to it anytime you want, 24-7. Uh, getting right back into it, uh, Kirk, do you have anything to th say on Dan O'Brien? I know I don't even know if you watched NXT at that uh, stage or anything like that. I know you're kind of a casual wrestling fan, but you got anything to, to input there? Well, yeah, it's been a while since I've watched wrestling. I've been so busy running around doing things. But, um, Big man I don't know, it's pretty cool to hear the so fact that the kid is a rookie and he's actually doing pretty well for himself, you know. From what I hear from you and both uh, both you and K-Tone, you know, um, he's doing nothing but great things. And, actually, I hope that he, you know, keeps it up because, you know, I mean, that business, it's either a win or lose situation. You know, you don't you can't really talk in the mic. You're pretty much out of a job. Yeah, true. All right, uh, good call on Daniel Bryan. Uh, we wish him the best in uh, his endeavors there at WWE. Uh, let's get into the meat of WWE. They're, they're big players. Uh, Randy Orton, uh, you know, Undertaker, and uh, to an extent, John Morrison are uh, kind of all being plagued by injury. You know, the report came out Orton separated his shoulder at a house show, and then it was later revealed that he was playing a game of pickup uh, ball with his buddies and went for the slam and dislocated it that way. So uh, <laughs> it's got to be 
got to be hurting him. And uh, Taker, uh, don't know the full story. Maybe you can uh, in, uh, enlighten us on that. Uh, K-Tone is something about a floating bone. Uh, I'm not sure where exactly in his body it's located, but he's injured a floating bone, as, as I was read. And then uh, John Morrison, of course, with his nagging injuries. So where does this uh, where does this leave WWE? I mean, obviously, we saw Monday night that Evan Bourne, uh, they, they, they bumped him up. Uh, he's kind of a mid-carder. They bumped him up to the main scene, letting him get the rub from John Cena. And uh, in the win with his uh, with his with his uh, shooting star press move, which is still one of the best in the business. Uh, what do you think, uh, Kato? Well, you know, WWE's had this problem before. You know, there was a time where uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was out, Triple H was out, and I think even The Rock was out at one time. And they had to take a lot of the mid card guys like uh, Edge at the time, uh, Chris Jericho, who were you know they weren't really top uh, main eventers at the time. And that's how they advance their career. I think this is actually good for the mid-card guys because now it gives them the opportunity to go out there and show people that they can work and that they can be at the, the same level as a uh, Randy Orton and Undertaker. Um, the word I got on Undertaker was that the, it's still a nagging injury from his match at WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels. Wow. Um, as far as Randy Orton, Randy Orton is the type of talent that, like Rock or Stone Cold, even though they're hurt, they can come out each and every Monday night and based on their facial expressions – their walk and their talk, uh, they can still keep an angle going. You know, they can still keep the interest going without actually being physical. So that's the key, good thing about Randy Orton. There's still that interest there. Even though he's not able to perform, you know, he can still go out there and uh, draw the viewers and, and mix things up and keep you uh, excited about what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm really digging his, <clears throat> uh, his, go ahead. His, I'm really digging his uh, current uh, persona they got him, kind of as a silent assassin guy who just comes in, doesn't say uh, anything. Uh, maybe a word or two if anything and uh just kind of gives you that that cold stare and then hits you with an rko or uh, uh just intimidates you it's kind of kind of nice and refreshing to see wwe in their pg universe they have us all in right now uh, kind of giving us a throwback to some of that uh, attitude it's, era. It, it, it's the same thing they did with stone cold steve austin after he had his neck surgery you know he came out talked to mcmahon kicked him in same thing each and every week to everybody in the ring, clearing the ring, drinking the beers, not being physical, not taking the bumps. Randy Orton can pull this off. I think uh, he's, the, he's the only guy that I think I can actually pull that off right now. Maybe Triple H could too, but there's a lot of Triple H haters out there now because they got just tired of seeing him for so many years. Just hogging the mic, hogging the, you know, the, the scene and the, the whole wrestling industry. So I think Randy Orton's going to be fine. Yeah, he's taking a well-deserved break right now, probably shooting, I think, a movie, if I remember. So it's good to get him away from, from the WWE universe, as they call it. Uh, Kirk, you got any uh, got any comments on these uh, main players here? I know you know who these guys are, so you got anything to say on it? Um, pretty much, you know, um, I don't know. You know, Orton has always been a big competitor, you know, no matter what happens to him. He's actually always on the ball and the gear, you know, just like K-Tone said, you know, same thing happened with Austin, you know, they always have to bring up the new people or promote other people because they're actually doing pretty well for themselves and finally put them in the spotlight. Sad enough to say that, you know, they can't just start off there. They can't, you know, I mean, same thing with Christian. Christian, you know, well, now he traded squads, you know, everybody has to work for their spot and he's having to do the same thing again. But for Taker and Orton, you know, unfortunate events always happen, you know, same thing happened with Edge. He tore, he tore a ligament, and he was out for X amount of time, you know. Um, I think they'll both be fine. I think the corporation will be fine, but, but, you know, it just depends on how, you know, how they endure. Taker is a man who's always been, you know, doing the, the same thing over and over, no matter how bad he was hurt. So, I don't know. I give them both props, but, you know, it just depends on the injuries and how long it's going to take them to get back. Yeah, and uh, real, real quick there, yeah. you know, uh, back to NXT, it's, uh, you know, they had their season finale this past week, and they actually did a 1.17 cable rating. That actually beats uh, TNA Impact. <laughs> so that's a pretty good thing, that they've actually raised the viewership with NXT over the last couple of weeks, and a lot of it was because of Daniel Bryan. Yeah, absolutely, and that brings us right to the to the next subject of, of our wrestling discussion, probably the final part. But uh, when you look at, you know, we're going to just talk about all, of, all across wrestling. Shouldn't you save the best for last? Yeah, that's true. You I know, I, I can't stand that TNA crap. And, you know, I, I fast uh, forward through my DVR on that whole show. So if you're going to ask me anything about TNA I'm Impact, not, you know, I, I can't really tell you much. TNA, I can tell you more about the commercials in between the segments <laughs> than I can about 
the damn show. We can tell we talk more about the high, half pint brawlers on Spike TV than TNA. I think that's where great it's show, <laughs> great show, love it. Uh, but you know, I'm a midget. It's just a word. <laughs> and then he staples his nutsack. Uh, it's just a great show. Yeah, he got a, what $160 for staples his nuts. Hey, that's the most money I ever got. <laughs> Amazing where we've come today. Uh, so I mean, when we just look at the landscape, obviously TNA is not even. You know, I started watching them when Hogan came over just because I was kind of intrigued. I watched it for a couple weeks, and then it, it turned, exactly, it turned into one of those things where I was doing what you do. I had to fast forward pretty much everything on my DVR. It got to the point where I didn't even want to watch the wrestling anymore. I just kind of wanted to see where the angles were going, so I fast forward to the the, the speaking points of the show, and, and even those were sucking. Now they got Rob Van Dam, who's a great performer, but sucks on the mic. They got Jeff mm -hmm. Hardy, who's a great performer, but sucks on the mic. So I, I can't even, I can't even begin to... I just I love the fact that TNA wrestling, TNA wrestling, here's a company that said that they were going to, you know, do what the Innovate. other company, right. WWE, wasn't doing. And that was finding young talent and creating new talent yeah. and giving them the opportunity to showcase their talents. But all they've done is hire former WWE talents to be on their show because those guys couldn't cut it. Those guys didn't draw ratings. They didn't bring money to their house shows. They're not selling merchandise. Okay. They suck. The marketing is terrible. Bottom line. And they're, they're hiring all these guys that have been released from WWE who have failed drug tests, refused to go to rehab, or whatever reason. So, you know, the wellness policy in the WWE, you know, first-time offenders, 30-day policy, you know, 30-day suspension, second, 60 days, third-time offense, termination from the company. Carlito's a perfect example. A couple weeks ago, shows up to Raw, all messed up, addicted yeah. to pain medication. McMahon says, hey, you need to go to rehab. He says, I'm not going to rehab. Okay, you're done. You're fired. And guess what? He's going to show up in TNA because TNA will hire anybody. It doesn't matter if you got a drug problem, a steroid problem, a marijuana smoking problem, a <laughs> drinking problem. Look at Scott Hall. got arrested two weeks ago for drunk in public and beating up uh, somebody in a bar. That's you know, Hall, there's man. so many. And Jeff Hardy's got his trial coming up for the, 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 the tons of cocaine yeah. that they found in his house and the tons of steroids and the tons of pain medication and somas, muscle relaxers. I mean – and if you're watching TNA Impact, I watched a segment with uh, Ken Kennedy or Ken Anderson, whatever the hell they're calling him, you know, where he said the word asshole probably about 30 times. Yeah. I mean, come on. They used to talk crap about WWE being too risque or, you know, too extreme or whatever they were. They're now taking yeah. now. They're going back to the old kind of attitude era of what made the WWE really surpass WCW at the time. And with Vince Russo there and Eric Bischoff there, they're t trying to take it to, you know, the old uh, – actual pardon the pun tna tits and ass aspect of it and i don't think it's working people don't want to see that people actually do want to see wrestling they want to see new talent they want to see good storylines that are well played out you know why is this guy fighting this guy you know i can't tell you why in tna but in wwe i can tell you every single time yeah and you got something to say kirk yes you're kind of chatting there no um Really not much because I haven't been able to follow it I all. Need, so. I don't even think you've watched him. I mean, this is a testament to, to your your hotel room doesn't carry Spike TV. <laughs> no, it, no, it actually does not. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's a hotel room. Uh, my cable is uh, not working at the moment, so I haven't been able to watch about TV in almost a month. But I mean, I think uh. this kind of plays into like what we were talking about. Even the, even the most casually of wrestling fans. They're trying to bring in those. I mean, I know Kirky and I were the biggest of wrestling fans back in the Attitude Era, and that's why we watch wrestling. Um, you know, because we love that that kind of edginess of it. And they're trying to get those fans, but they just can't. They they can't get the legacy fans. They can't get all of us fans that that loved what WWE was in the late '90s, early thousands. And they're just fledgling now. Now they're going back and saying, "Yeah, you're right." Like you said before. Oh, they're, they're too uh, they're too risque. And now they're going back and say, "Oh, well, they're too kid friendly." I mean, kid now. You got to pick one or the other. You can't be. You can't do the political flip flop when you're when you when it's relating to media and, and your audience and your target audience because they're losing it by the day. And I, I don't know how long. I don't. Are they going to last? Are they? What, are they going to last through the summer? Is that going to be it? <clears throat> well, you know, I heard that they're doing a bunch of budget cuts. They're they're getting rid of. Uh, I heard they have seventy talent under their uh, their rosters. About seventy talents under contract. They're going to try to get that down to fifty. Uh, that means twenty wrestlers are going to be out of of a job. They have a lot of talents now are working a pay-by-appearance. I heard Roxy is getting paid like $250 per appearance. I mean, that's nothing. You can go to WWE and get a real contract, you know, and they'll take care of you. 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, people don't want to travel, you know, and uh, it's weird. These people say that they're, you know, oh, this is my industry. I love this business and this and that. You grew up knowing that Hulk Hogan, you know, wrestled 300 and some days out of the year, you know, or you're traveling 300 some days out of the year. You got into that business knowing that you would have to travel. Your body would get beat up, broken and battered. That's what the business is. If you didn't want to get into that and you wanted to be a movie star, you shouldn't have got into the wrestling business. Exactly. Um, you know, they're all taking the half-assed road. Oh, you know what? We're going to go wrestle for TNA Wrestling. We're going to live in, in Florida, Florida where there's right. uh, no state tax. Right. We're going to wrestle, you know, <laughs> three times a month for TV, one one day for pay-per-view. So four times a month, get paid maybe a quarter of what you were getting paid in WWE, you know. But the problem is, you know, I'm looking at it now, and I was thinking about it, Like, I watched that stupid angle with uh, 3D that's going on right now, formerly the Dudley Boys. I um, thought about it. And I said, you know what? Even if their contract came up right now. The Dudley Boys wouldn't even fit in the WWE product right now. No. Who? I mean, they, it just doesn't work anymore. It, you got to move on. You got to grow with the industry, you know. And I, I think that they're kind of stuck in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s, uh, the product that they're trying to put out there, and they're not evolving. Whereas WWE is evolving each and every week, and you know, every year. And they really put on a, they really just do put on a great show, great live show. Um, you know, it goes everything stage. from their entrance themes Absolutely. to their video packaging to their vignettes the to their editing. camera angles to the storylines. Everything works. It, it Vince McMahon is not a billionaire for for no for reason. No reason. <laughs> They're not a public publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange for no reason. You know what I mean? It gets campy at a little times, you know, a few times a week. It'll get campy on Raw with the guest hosts, you know, do a little tongue-in-cheek work. And you can knock the guest hosts all you want. It's something new. It's something fresh every week, kind of liven up. Hey, and it's free PR. It's free publicity. You know, you got shows like Extra or Entertainment Tonight or ESPN when they have an athlete covering it. I mean, that's great promotion, you know? Yeah. How could you turn down free publicity like that? It's drawing the casual viewer back into it. Like, oh, you know, I'm a huge Ashley Kusher fan. I'm going to watch Monday Night Raw. I want to see what he's going to do. You know, and then he got the A-team. You know, they're going to host Raw with it. Is it this it's week coming up? This week, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm looking forward to see if Rampage does Rampage something in the Jackson, ring. Yeah. You know? I mean, UFC fans are going to turn in. To, believe it or not, they're going to tune in to Monday Night Raw just to see if Rampage gets involved somehow. Right, if he or if he uses the platform to complain about his, you know, last fight with uh, he won't. And they, they won't mention anything about that, you yeah. know, because WWE fans they don't really know about that kind of stuff, you know. I really think WWE fans are WWE fans, and UFC fans are UFC fans. There are the there are the the ones that do watch both, but I don't think you'll ha- hear them getting intertwined. I think they're there for the movie promotion. They're there to promote the A Team. I think uh, Rampage, way, who was a longtime a, wrestling fan, who actually a, a couple of years ago he was talking about an instance where uh, when he was younger back in the day he was backstage at a WWE show and, and he got snubbed by the Undertaker when he was trying to talk to him or you know get a picture <laughs> with him and Undertaker snubbed him so it rubbed him the wrong way of the wrestling business after he did that so I, I find that very interesting but uh, I think if Rampage wasn't in the UFC I think he has a great career ahead of him in uh, sports entertainment. Absolutely. Uh, Kirky, any final thoughts from you before we uh, skip ahead and turn into overdrive here with nine minutes left on the clock? <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, uh, <laughs> that's good. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the final uh, subjects here. We got some pop entertainment to cover uh, really quickly in the last night. Just like a uh, pop, like is it like a in sync, like dirty pop, like dirty pop, pop, <laughs> pop. Is it like that kind of pop, or is it like pop Absolutely. rocks? What kind of pop are we talking about? Like uh, soda pop? Pop rocks and soda, and you uh, feed it to a, to a seagull and watch it explode. You know, that's what we call soda in Chicago. We call right. it pop. Uh, pop. I get a pop. <laughs> oh, you, you Midwesterners. All Can right. I get a captain in pop? Go ahead. A captain, in, a captain in pop. Captain in pop. Pap. All right. Uh, Cap- so anyways. Captain in pop. This show is absolutely ridiculous. It's getting out of control. And by the way, if 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 you if you're not watching the stream, you're missing out on the uh, the great video we have going on. Um, unfortunately, no one oh. can see it because it's in in 3D stereoscopic video. And if you don't have a special monitor, you can't watch I, it. So hey, can you do that breaking news thing? Uh, oh, breaking news. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Can you do that we have breaking news. Ah. Okay, breaking news, everybody. If you want to see what that hot chick Jill looks like, you can check her out at the Laguna Hills El Torito having a margarita. She will be at the bar top. Look for the hot chick. Kirky, uh, I think you should go hit it up. All right, I'm down. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> as, as, as your girlfriend chimes in in the conversation. What? It's okay. She's in Italy. She's in Italy right now. I'm okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, move, moving on really quick. There's a couple of things. Uh, yeah, we'll just throw them all together because we kind of got we're running out of time here. Um, some quick stories from the past week. You know, very sad. Gary Coleman and uh, and uh, legendary actor Dennis Hopper uh, both passed. What you talking about, Willis? What you, what, you what you talking about? And uh, we'll hit that in a second. Uh, one of the other kind of funny things that I don't, I don't know just came out of nowhere. Homer Simpson was named the greatest TV character from the past 20 years, uh, which is amazing. And no. then, and then we'll talk about uh, the box office this week of Shrek, Sex and the City. Um, you know those those sandy old uh, uh, cougars out there getting sand in there for JJ's. And uh, Prince of Persia came out. So sit all those real quick. Uh, for, <laughs> first, uh, the passing of Gary Coleman. <laughs> What do you think, Kato? Uh, where Coleman would you like me to start? Gary Coleman. Yeah, that's what where are we starting? <laughs> I heard about Well, that. Gary Coleman. <laughs> different Strokes. Uh, I grew up with that show, man. I grew up, I grew up with Different Strokes and uh, Silver Spoons and uh, Growing Pains and Family Ties and all right. those shows, you know. And uh, I always loved Different Strokes. I thought it was a great show. And uh, Gary Coleman, man, here's a guy who was working as a security guard at a mall for so many years. I mean, obviously his money was taken from him. He didn't make much money. He was taken advantage of. Uh, I think that there's more to the story. You know, uh, I, I heard a rumor going around right now that his ex-wife actually might have pushed him down to the ground. And I heard before he wasn't feeling well, like a couple days before, and he needed to go to the hospital. And she said uh, she couldn't take him because she had a migraine or something like that. And she couldn't take him to the hospital. Uh, all I know is that there's something fishy here. I don't believe it. Uh, I think it's sad. Um, but you know what? I think, uh, there's a little part of me right now that thinks that Gary Coleman is chilling right now on Michael Jackson's lap. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's kind of, that's, I don't really know. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you find that amusing, uh, Kirky. Yeah, and you know, know, it's funny because Michael Jackson has had so much plastic surgery that, you know, he probably can't even tell the difference between, uh, uh, Wesley and uh, and, and uh, Gary Coleman. What's his name? Emmanuel Lewis. Emmanuel you know Lewis. The, the other little midget. <laughs> oh my and you gosh. know, it's, it's now that we're on the topic of midgets, really quick. I was reading this really sad story on midgets, real quick. It said that female midgets really? have to stop wearing tampons because they keep stepping on the string. Ah. <laughs> I, I just thought that that was absurd, and I just this wanted is, to share that with everybody listening quality. at home. Quality, quality <laughs> talk you get from this show. You can expect that each and every week. I love it. <laughs> uh, Dennis Hopper also passed away. Uh, some of the highlights of his career, obviously, uh, you know, the, the film Hoosiers, uh, one of my favorite sports movies of all time. Um, he, he also won a screenplay for the, the movie Easy Rider. And uh, kind of after that, he was just, um, you know, he was in Speed, I guess. That was one of his most recent ones in 95. <laughs> Um, so, but you know, just a great actor. He's been a lot. Blue Velvet was one of the ones he was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actor. So, uh, any any thoughts on him? Uh, Dennis Hopper been in a lot of great films. Great actor. Uh, best friend of uh, Jack Nicholson, who's your Laker, you know, buddy, you know, over there. The but uh, you know, he was sick for a while, you know, and uh, I think his, you know, it's good that you know. I mean, for me, if I was sick like him, I wouldn't want to keep on living, you know. Just, you know, God's taking you. It's your time to go. Go relax. Go be with the rest of your family that's passed away. And, you know, he had a great movie career, and it's sad to see him go. But, you know, he lived a long life, you know. He's, uh, you can go visit his uh, star on the Walk of Fame and pay respects to him if you want, if you're ever in L.A. But, uh, you know, he's won a lot of awards, too. You know, he was uh, a lot of Academy Awards for a lot of movies. I think he even uh, won something for uh, Hoosiers, or maybe he was a nominator or something. Uh, he, was, but, uh, he was nominated. I don't think that's his oh, best-known movie, best, though. Best supporting actor, yeah, he, he won it. You're right. Uh, uh, Did he? Okay. Super well, Mario I think Bros. I think movie the, movie that, the movie that really put him on the scene was, uh, you know, was uh, Easy Rider. You know, Easy Rider, right. uh, that was one of the you know big movies because it was uh, a Cannes film movie. It wasn't a movie that was released, you know, like right in the you know theaters. That was a big one, and you know he worked on Rebel Without a Cause with James Dean, and. Uh, He's an historian when it comes to movie actors out there. Yeah, big, 
huge filmography. I mean, you can go to IMDb and check it out, obviously. Um, but yeah, just a great actor, and it's sad to see he's gone. But like you said, he, he struggled late in life. Um, I think his, his cancer that he had uh, did what it, it, it metasized his bones. I think that's when it, uh, isn't that when it freezes up? You know, you can't really move and everything, if I remember uh, the <laughs> term. So um, yeah, you're, not, you're right. I mean, sometimes you just, you got to go. And uh, he, was, he was struggling, and he's going to be missed. He was a great actor, but we can obviously watch all his movies. You know, like I said, Hoosiers was my favorite. You probably have a favorite of his. And uh, uh, rest in peace, Dennis Hopper and Gary Coleman. So really quick, uh, we're approaching the uh, 58 and 59-minute mark of the podcast. Uh, we can go over a little bit, but we'll just hit real quick. Homer Simpson named the greatest TV character of the past 20 years, you know, beating out. Uh, I guess every other TV character out there is really nobody else. Uh, I don't know how he beat out, uh, you know, Peter Griffin. He's my favorite character. But <laughs> oh, come on. Dude, there's a, not even a comparison. Okay? You know, Dip, Family Guy Dip has their own little clothes. audience of, of people that like to watch their style of comedy. But The Simpsons, everybody has seen The Simpsons. They've been on television for over 20 years. You're talking about uh, two decades of people who have come and watched the show. It's the longest running sitcom on television today okay i think it's the longest reigning of all time actually it surpassed mash wow yeah it is it did surpass mash you know so i mean as far as naming that i mean that's obviously funny fun and jokes and whatnot but it's just surprising that they've been able to keep the same cast of characters doing the voices for so long oh they pay them that's how they keep them (laughs) oh i know but i mean you look at like you know friends or seinfeld or any of the other ones that were out there that uh, were big-time shows, they could never keep anybody because they couldn't afford to pay them, you know? Yeah. But they've yeah, always I mean, kept the same Simpsons people, man. And uh, there was some joke out there recently about uh, Homer Simpson. I forgot what it was. I'm trying to look for it right now. That was pretty funny. But yeah, uh, you guys go ahead and... <laughs> think, think about these... Uh, look who... I, I don't understand. Look at, look at who came in. And this is not just covering TV. This is covering movies, uh, you know, every, everything that has to do with characters. Um, number two on the list, Harry Potter. Number three, Buffy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Number four, oh Tony God. Sano. And number Harry five, the Potter. Joker. Really? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Harry Potter was. You sure? Two. You sure? You sure? Vicky from uh, from uh, Small Wonder wasn't in that list? <laughs> I don't know. Is she? Maybe. I, I haven't looked at the entire hundred lists they put up here. Vivian Ward for Pretty Woman's around there somewhere. Number fifty. Uh, Tim Riggins from Friday Night Live. I didn't watch that show, but he's number one hundred. Napoleon okay, well, Dynamite. real quick. Napoleon Dynamite the, the, made it to number 88. Uh, he was way up there. The Simpsons clip I was talking about, if you go to YouTube, you can type it in. It's called The Simpsons, and it's called El Homo. And uh, it's if uh, Bart Simpson's running around and goes, and he's El Barto, and then uh, Homer basically says, well, if uh, Bart can be El Barto, then I'm going to be El Homo. And uh, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so check that out. Check that on YouTube. A nice cross-promotion for YouTube there. I like it. Uh, and speaking of YouTube, you can check out my YouTube page. It's www.youtube.com slash ktone TV. That's K T O N E TV at that's of course YouTube. Check out some of my uh, funny videos there. Yeah, one of my favorite is uh, you uh, give the give the old school wrestling Ric Flair chop to uh, one of our good friends, Jameis. That's quite hilarious. Woo! That one. Yeah, that's one of the, one of the funnier ones. <laughs> Be well, the man, also, you gotta beat the man. I think you also got some uh, great liquid ass moments on your uh, site. There, no, liquid sure. ass. Oh, that's yeah. nothing but funny. <laughs> <laughs> I only got one bottle left. I think it's time to reorder. <laughs> you know, I'm approaching 20,000 views on my liquid ass video, and uh, YouTube just sent me an email for them to go ahead and start advertising on the video because of how much it nice. gets viewed. So nice. I accepted, and we'll see how many views it gets now that they're going to start promoting it. Damn, get, get paid for some of that advertising. <laughs> Yeah, I don't need the money, but I don't. I, you're you're talking to a guy that works maybe one or two times a week. I got it like that, player. I got it like that, player. All right, real quick before we go, uh, did, did did any of you guys see the top three movies of last week? Shrek, uh, Sex and the City. Well, I, I did see Shrek. I actually saw Shrek 3D in IMAX with one of our listeners, Jill, who's nice. listening. Good we boy. saw it at the uh, Irvine Spectrum, and. Nice. Uh, let me tell you something. It's really funny. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but you should go see it. And there's a uh, part in the movie that I find very funny. And all I'm going to say is do the roar. Do it. <laughs> let me do the roar. <laughs> do the roar. <laughs> yeah, Thank really you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. <laughs> 
I did see Shrek. It was a great movie. Um, did not see Sex and City. My wife did, and she can she can see that as much as she wants, as long as I'm not there. Uh, heard it was a horrible movie, even from the critics out there. Not just not just you know men, but actual critics said it was horrible, too long. Uh, Prince of Persia, I didn't see either. I'm actually going to go see that later today, and uh, I guess I'll report on it next week. But I uh, heard it was a good action flick. I uh, don't know really much else about it. Kirky, did you see any of the aforementioned movies there? I did see Shrek, and I actually liked it better. Um, usually when any type of movie series comes out, uh, usually it's the second one or the third one that really stinks the most, usually it being the third, which the third wasn't as good, but with the fourth one that they made, it actually turned out pretty good. <clears throat> so I recommend it. I also saw it at the Irvine Spectrum with uh, my little uh, lady. So... She actually enjoyed it herself as well, so we gave it two thumbs up. <laughs> you know, uh, now to Prince of Persia, I haven't seen it yet. looks interesting. Uh, Prince of Persia brings back memories of me uh, when I was a young boy. I had the old original Sega CD game system, yeah. and I had the Prince of Persia game, and that was a great I game. I think, it was, I think it was a, probably the best game on the Sega CD, and I used to play that game for hours and hours and hours. And I think it's pretty cool that they're finally coming out with a uh, a movie for it. And you know, Jake Gyllenhaal he doesn't really look like somebody I think would play the the Prince of Persia. No, but I heard no. he does a good job, so I'll have to find out for myself. Yeah, I'm gonna go check it out today myself. We'll, we'll figure out that. Um, all right, so we're nearing the, nearing the end of our podcast. We're coming up on an hour five minutes here. It's been uh, pretty epic, pretty amazing doing it live. We usually uh, do these podcasts sporadically and put them up on the the show page, which is under construction right now, we're actually moving that to a bigger server. So, um, but it, it it was pretty exciting. You can always go back and go to our UStream page, which is the Dave Frost Experience, and it's going to be archived there for your listening pleasure. Um, thanks for joining me, as always, guys. Let's play uh, the Yakety Sax. No, I'm still here, guys. Oh, okay. Uh, just make sure. Huh. Uh... You just can't hear it with the music. You know, everyone have a safe and uh, enjoyable weekend. see you guys in a next week or in the next couple weeks and we'll see what happens we'll get this going again uh maybe we'll add a few more uh hosts to the show we'll get some other crazy personalities on here and uh, take some emails and whatnot you can uh you can leave comments if you want on the Ustream page like i said it's a day for us experience or um i don't know do whatever you want you can come back to the show and listen to us again live and chat in the chat room next time um for K-Tone and Kirk in the Box 54, this is Dave Frost saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Peace out.